Hello, I'm Colin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Paul. We're Seismic Cinema. We're two best friends who like talking about TV and movies, and we believe in the power of escapism. Yes, we like a wee, a wee blether, and hopefully somebody's listening, but you never know. Uh, hopefully, I don't sound like I've got a bag of marbles in my mouth for the first time in forever. Uh, what did you say it was the 68th episode? Yes. So for 67, I've been sounding like dirt. So hopefully we're on the right track to sounding a bit more professional. You don't sound like you're underwater either. Good. I'm glad. So finally best of than a mic after all these after all these days. Um, and talking about investment, we have a buy me a coffee page. So you know if anyone wants to help us these investments to come up with top quality content with good sound, then you know, feel free to visit our page, buy me a coffee at seismic, forward slash seismic cinema and donate if you can. It'd be great. Thank you. And we've also got a new color scheme, which is a bit cheerier than the previous dark blue that we had. Yeah, it's only taken us about like 40 episodes to figure out that it was really dark and depressing, a bit like our Black Mirror episode. Mm-hmm, which did quite well check it out if you haven't seen it um, and yeah because we've done a slightly different intro to the pod this week i forgot to do the cheesy intro so it's time for the cheesy intro so put your feet up on the torture table grab your steak bone and prepare to outwit outwit the american justice system for the next however many minutes that this takes yep and that one's dedicated to scarlet and lisa our friends that just informed us that that intro is super cheesy and they hate it. So that one's for you. If you're listening listening and have better suggestions for how to introduce a podcast, then please let us know. Or go start your own. Yes. (laughs) And so you'll be able to see from the title, but we're going to do a review of the law abiding citizen today. And it's a movie that, I hadn't seen in years, but it's one that I always thought it was excellent, and we we both seemed quite keen to do it when it first came about. Yeah, definitely. Because um, I think I haven't seen. I, I have. It's one of these films that every so often I'll just switch on and be like, you know, it's a good movie. You don't need really to think a lot of, too much about. It. It's just like good entertainment and hmm. and a good story. I was actually quite surprised when you put on uh, the on Twitter that you'd seen it and the scores were so low. I didn't realise how low they yeah. actually were. And they're very poor, which I don't understand. Yeah, even like the audience score was really low. And everyone that I spoke to, like everyone I, I remember at the time talking about it and everyone thought it was such a good movie. And like, I still do, but, yeah. um, but we'll get into that in the, the main body of things. Alien and Jordan watched it for the first time when I was watching it at the weekend and they both loved it as well. So there's definitely something up there. I think maybe the intense violence maybe put some people off. But as you said, we'll get yeah. we'll get into that. So something we're wanting to do is plug our podcast a bit more at the start of the episode because we realize um, that not everybody makes it to the end because sometimes they're longer than some of the longer, longer Black Mirror episodes. So as we said at the start, we're Seismic Cinema, we're on YouTube, so if you could like and subscribe, that'd be fantastic. And we're also on the likes of Spotify, uh, Audible, 
which I still find hard to believe. Um, Amazon Music, Apple and Google Podcasts, and Good Pods. So make sure you like, subscribe, and share. It'd be much appreciated as we try to grow the channel. Yeah, and we're going to try and be a bit trendy and do a TikTok or two. So have a wee look out for that as well. <laughs> so we're going to do our or be in, our opening intro. It's a good chance for us just to catch up about what we've been watching. So we call it what we've been watching. So TV shows and movies. Paul, what have you been checking out this week? Uh, to be honest, I've not really watched a lot. Um, I've just been going to the gym quite a bit and not really watching a lot of TV. Um, you said that last week. I know, I know. But I've watched a couple of films that escaped me because they weren't that, weren't that great. Um, you would, you'd say what you watched first, and I need to try and remember what I watched because I can't. Remember. There wasn't anything that really stands out that was that great. I feel like every week you tell me you're too busy to do it, and then you'll randomly come up with these really obscure films that no one else has ever really heard of. <laughs> so what have I been watching? Well, I watched Law Abiding Citizen naturally for the review. I don't think I've watched any other movies since then, but I have been watching some shows. So. Something I started watching, and I've watched the first couple of episodes, is Narcos. Do you mean Narcos? Did I say it wrong? Narcos? Who are you? Narcos? Oh, I've only ever seen it. I suppose they probably mention it in the show. But anyway, I'm enjoying it. Although, funny, um, I, obviously, the reason it came to mind was, obviously, with Mandalorian coming up and Last of Us, it was obviously Pedro Pascal was in it. But... I generally thought he was, because he looks quite like the guy that plays uh, Pablo Escobar. And I was like, I actually thought that was him. And then when he actually appeared as the, the agent, I was like, is he playing two roles? But then I realized the main guy wasn't him at all. Oh, Colin, I love you. That was a, that was a double failure in my, in my book. <laughs> anyway, I've watched the first two episodes and I'm, I'm really quite digging it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep watching that, I think. Nice. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. No, it's one of these things that have always been on the back burner. See, I, I'm a I'm terrible for starting series and then getting like three quarters of the way through and then not finishing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you're. <laughs> so uh, I've got so many Animal Kingdom. I really need to get it finished. The Animal Kingdom. I'm actually going to just check my. Oh, I'm also. I finally started watching season three of Dead to Me, which is uh, Christina Applegate and. We said her name last week and I forgot it again. Uh, Cardellini. Okay. No, Hawkeye, Hawkeye's wife. Um, it's, the thir- as I said, the third season. It's a really good show. Um, basically, her character loses her husband in a hit and run. And then it's kind of her coming to terms with that, but trying to like track down what happened to him. But it's one of those, it's like a proper like drama. There's like always just new developments and the characters have different like connections they didn't know about and it's and it's funny as well. It's actually produced by Will Ferrell and uh, is it Adam McKay? That is that the right? Is he the guy that made Anchorman? Maybe. No, oh, I don't know. It's sure basically I think, the team behind Anchorman, so it's got good, it's got good humor in it as well. So those are the two main things I've been watching. Okay. I was watching that Love, Death, and Robots, but I will probably go back to it. But some of the episodes were a bit weird. Yes, they do. There's like some that are really good, and then some are just like, "What is even going on here?" Yeah. So that was like, a Netflix. 
Uh, I'm still doing my Mandalorian rewatch. Um, got the. I'm on to the last. I'm on to the season finale of season one. So I'm gonna watch season one finale, season two, and either all or some of the book of Boba Fett. I may just watch the last three episodes. So the Mandalorian and the finale. No. The Mandalorian two point five and book book of Boba Fett. Aye, so the five are, I think episodes five, six, and seven have Mando in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Um, that's my plan because A, it's a great rewatch and I just want to be really uh, hyped up for the show. And me and Jordan, we started to watch the first five episodes at Andor during the Christmas holidays, but we hadn't really had a chance to watch it, but we watched the first half of the, the I episode. You know, the yes. finale to the, the heist. I remember 12. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing. Um, not a movie or show, but um, I'm very hyped for the new Harry Potter game coming out a week tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Are you taking a week off the podcast to binge it? To okay. just rattle through the campaign? Nah, but I'm looking forward to it. I hope it lives up to the hype. Boy, uh, Chris is looking forward to it as well. What? How's you going to be? You're going to be Gryffindor? I don't know, but he's um. Oh, you're just, a you're a you're a Gryffindor through and through. I know you. Mm, I always get Hufflepuff whenever I do these online, like sortings. <laughs> but and the, you and can the do fact it. you admitted to online sortings just makes I'll, it even better. I'll definitely do. I'll definitely do the different ones. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll definitely yeah. do probably one one with each one with each house. Yeah, I see myself more as a a Slytherin. (laughs) Fits our colour scheme. So yeah, uh, main things, as I said, uh, Narcos? Narcos, what did you say, Narcos? Uh, Well, someone else I I know that watched it called it that. Yeah, maybe somebody does pronounce it Narcos. Never know. Mm, I would uh, would recommend you and Scarlet check out Dead to Me. I think you'd enjoy it. Probably, probably. And there's a I don't know, there's a series coming out called Poker, I think it's Poker Face, and uh, Ryan Johnson is the director of the oh, series. All right, that'd be good. It's maybe quite good, it's like a, a crime show, but around mm. poker and stuff, she's got like a, she's like a lie detector, she can tell when people are lying and stuff, so it's, uh, so I might try and check that out if I can. I'm really, I really want to watch The Twilight Zone, but it's not on any of the streaming services, because obviously I've been... Reading my Black Mirror behind the scenes book, which is amazing, by the way. Uh, do you want to borrow it when I'm finished? Sure, I'll stick it on the bookshelf next to all my other books that, I don't read. A lost cause. <laughs> yep, definitely, hundred percent. Also, I want before we get into the main review, I want my Game of Thrones box set back. So oh yeah, we're finished. Know. So yeah, I do need to get that back to you. Um, <laughs> I remembered some stuff I watched it too. And you got it. So watch Bad Batch. So I'm up to date in Bad Batch. I think I'm an episode ahead of you. No, we're both up to date. Aren't we? No, a new one came out yesterday. So that's that's right. Um, we're not up to date. Uh, watched Aliens. Mm, uh, that's my favourite. Yeah, I got Scarlet to watch it and she hated it. I was so sad. Um, because I'd been listening to dissect that film and the Doom Generation podcast, and they'd both been talking about it and. It's like one of these films I really like. I hadn't seen it in ages. 
so I went back and watched it. But I don't know what cut I'd watched. I watched it on Disney Plus, and there was so much stuff missing from that cut, and I was so sad because there's a bit in it. I don't know if you've seen it on the DVDs you had, where they have like smart guns uh, set up in the hallway, and they've got like bullets, uh, a bullet counter. Although it's my favourite of the franchise, I haven't seen it in years. So yeah, um, but basically that whole that whole bit was missing. The bit at the start was missing, so I think I, mu- I missed it. I must have had like a theatrical cut, but I had loads of stuff missing. I was really sad. Um, and I watched a movie called Cold Creek Manor, mm. and I thought it was going to be like a haunted house movie, and it just wasn't. But it was actually pretty decent. I had um, Kevin, not Kevin Costner, Dennis Quaid. I always get him too mixed up. Uh, had. Dennis, no, what's that? Dennis Quaid and Sharon Stone and a young Kristen Stewart. And uh, yeah, actually, it was actually pretty good. It was an older film, but it was actually pretty decent. What was it on? Uh, it was on Disney Plus, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was on the Stars bit or whatever, but it was on one of the movies in there. Okay. So I'd, give it, I'd give it a wee bash. It's pretty decent. Cool. Right, well, Paul, this is the, the clean cut you wanted. We're just about to start talking about Law Abiding Citizen. Yeah, let's get started. <laughs> Wait the fourth wall there. Yep. We are reviewing Law Abiding Citizen and yeah, quite looking forward to getting into it because I can imagine it was something like you were saying in the intro that you really enjoyed when you watched it and because uh, we're both into our kind of legal dramas as we say and uh, like suits etc. I can imagine mm-hmm. that you're really quite into this around the, the justice system and how it worked and etc mm-hmm. etc. Et I think the main thing I would take away from it is I told, I remembered like, is it, what's his name again? Is it Clyde? Clyde, Clyde Shelton. I remember his, obviously, motivation for what he was doing and how clever he was with it and how much like planning he put in. But I generally did forget how brutal it was, but it wasn't until like I arrived at a certain scene, like the one in the, the kind of abandoned warehouse, the taxi, and the, yeah. the one in the, the the prison room with the double bed as soon as i like that scene started i had like flashbacks to what actually happened mm-hmm. but i what, had that what abandoned what abandoned taxi never he pretends to be a taxi driver to take one of the two guys oh, he's a police officer it was a police car aye that's <laughs> so confused i was like what taxi we're always uh, getting caught up in details <laughs> well, i suppose if if you're a certain kind of clientele, then a police officer is a taxi driver. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I had totally, I remember, as I said, I remember the cleverness, but I had, I was actually taken aback by how extreme the film was at times. Yeah, I know. Like, when I first watched it, I can't remember, I don't remember thinking it was Clyde. I always thought it was somebody helping him. Um, 
but yeah, like the brutality. I think I read somewhere that the prison scene where he stabs his cellmate with the steak, steak bone. Mm-hmm. That I think it almost caused it to get like an NC seventeen rating in America, which is like the highest kind of rating, which kind of stops it getting a lot of a lot of coverage. Um, but yeah, I remember it being totally brutal, but like really clever as well. Um, so that's why I'm so surprised that I'm just I'm still shocked that the the Rotten Tomato scores. If anyone's listening and has any insight into why the scores are so low, then you should um, let us know. Could be Jared Butler's dodgy accent, right enough, because he is one of us. He gave a he gave a great performance. So yeah, yeah, uh, it's a it's quite a a weird movie because. Like you're so empathetic towards Clyde throughout the whole movie. Like mm-hmm. even even towards the end, like when he gets killed by uh, Jimmy Fox's character Nick, I'm still like, that's rubbish. Like he should live. Like it's not his fault. Uh, he got sent down this path, and he's just it's not. He's trying to. You understand what he's trying to do, basically. I had a slightly different viewpoint in that. I think for like half of the runtime. I was empathetic a bit, but see when he took out his roommate and then like all the kind of other people that were like, innocents essentially, I, I started to lose lose the respect for him at that point. But they're all part of the system, the corrupt system. I know, but like the individual people weren't really the issue, do you know what I mean? Yeah, true. I don't know. I still like see even to like the end. Uh, I still feel like they've done him dirty by locking him in that room and with the bomb. Like, uh, I'm always just still willing him to escape. It's the only way they were going to stop him, essentially. Yeah. It's just so funny to, like, anytime I watch this film, I'm just like, anytime. Like, they always thought it was him getting help, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So, see if they just, like, had a guard or stuck a camera on him, like, at any point, they'd be like, oh, it's him. <laughs> he's escaping and coming back. Because uh, he had all the different costumes and all the tunnels and different things, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, it was really it was really good because like at the start, you don't you see him just as like, this kind of happy family man, just nice. And then obviously uh, was it Ames and Darby breaking into his house and do terrible, terrible things to his family. End up killing them, killing his uh, wife and daughter. And even then, he's got his trust in the American American legal system. He's got his trust in uh, Jamie Foxx's character Nick, and he's going to like punish him to the full extent of the law. And because he's more focused on his stats, um, it. One of them, basically Darby, the worst one of both of them, gets set free. And it's just, you can imagine that happening, like deals being struck Mm -hmm. uh, and justice not being served because of technicalities, because people are out for themselves. And I thought it was a really interesting point to carry. And then to go with this character, just going full, like, homicidal genius on everybody was just 
I thought it was a, I thought it was a really good plot and a really good story. There was a scene I thought was really good. See when I can't remember what he basically gets caught for. Is it when he gets arrested in the first place, and he goes to court, and they're basically going to let him away because there's no evidence or something. And then he just starts like screaming at the judge and insulting her and like just going on and on about the the system. Oh uh, yeah, because he's like um he says all these kind of vague statements about how he would like to have killed them, how he would how he fantasize about it, blah 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 blah. Just very vague non committal statements. Mm-hmm. And Jamie Foxx is just thinking it's a confession. This is slam dunk. You're gone, uh, kind of thing. And then he's like, "Think back to what I just said. Like, what did I say? Said this, said that. None of this is evidence. None of this is uh, a confession." And the judge is like, "You know what? Yeah, you're right. You can just go, or you can go and bail or something, isn't it?" And he's just uh, like, "You're about to let me go, and <laughs> you don't know. I could have just sliced this guy up." done these terrible things and you're just willing to let me go because yeah, yeah it's and that's, that was just all a ploy to get him where he wanted to be obviously I had seen it before but not in a while but when he was answering the questions in the in the prison like the audience could tell that what he was saying wasn't going to lead to real evidence but like Jamie Fox's character what was his name again? Uh, Nick, Nick Rice. Nick, yeah. So he, he uh, you could see his kind of growing excitement. He, he, he got him, but I think Nick was losing the faith a bit as the film was going on, and towards the end, he was basically like, yeah, there's only one way to, to end this. Yeah, because at the start, yeah, you absolutely hate Nick. He's so cocky, and he's just, he's all for himself. He just, his stats are the only thing that matter. He's willing to do deals with scumbag murderers even though he knows they're guilty just to keep his stats up um mm-hmm. and then like you're saying like towards the end he just completely abandons his kind of professional morals say mm-hmm. in order to basically just murder this murderer the murderer mm-hmm. there was something i i don't know if you picked up on this but do you not feel like you know the can't remember her name. I'm not very good with character names. Hold on. I am. Yeah. I am gonna put them down. Is it Sarah Lowell? Sarah has like the the female he worked with. Melissa Bibb. Aye. Yes. So I felt like they had a wee bit of a. I thought there was maybe some kind of affair going on there. Mm. Seemed, I thought they were just really close, like. Uh, like mentor and student kind of thing. I didn't get the flirtatiousness, but I might have just no. missed that because I'm terrible at signals. I had my I had my suspicions about them anyway. <laughs> but yeah, she was one that I was actually quite surprised that she got killed off during the the great lawyer purge of the prison. So there's the three the three big ones that stand out is the one with the lethal injection at the start. That's pretty brutal, and then the one with the fake policeman that precedes that is very brutal, Theon Greyjoy style. Oh, and oh. 
and then the the one with the explosives in the car those are the three that or no actually the four there's the one with the stake as well so there's four really brutal moments sprinkled throughout the film also the what do you call it the mechanical machine gun in the cemetery as well Mm -hmm. there's a it's definitely it's a bit in like kind of john wick it just kind of just goes right into it doesn't it it's it's a very fast paced film as well and from like the first all, all i had to mention to jordan was it was a revenge film and then he watched the first scene and then he was like yeah i'm on board <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah but those, those four scenes you were talking about like they were brutal in their own ways but they were really like clever in the way they were executed like uh darby oh ames when ames the the skinny the skinny killer he's getting he's getting his lethal injection i think he acts it pretty well that when his poisons get switched out and he's having like an excruciating death mm-hmm. and he's I actually could... sorry on you go come did clive i'm just trying to remember back did clive like hack into the systems and just like change the codes for the chemicals or something like that I think he changed. He changed something. He changed like the delivery or something. So like it was two different things that got re- it got replaced. So he'd done that, and he the guy that got tortured, eh, not tortured, um, lethal injection. He is quite a good actor. He's in quite a lot of things. He's in, I think he's in the Punisher at one point. He is in the Dark Knight Rises. I think he's like Bane's right hand man. And he's also in the collector movies, and he's like the kind of main, the main guy, which I think you should watch because it's brutal, and I think you'll love it. It's like home invasion slash uh, home alone on steroids. Do you know what film I always love? It always reminds me of you sometimes as well. Like that was a lot sweeter than it was meant to be. Uh, it was the Purge, right? Because we've seen a, a few of them together. Um, just why does the Purge? Why does a Purge remind me? Of, remind you of me well we went to see what at least i think we've seen at least a couple of them together yeah i think you had the dvds as well didn't they and we watched a few of them I, yeah i had like the trilogy and i'm pretty sure we watched it do we know maybe watch it either when i saw at my parents house yeah. or in the old flat yeah i thought you were just revealing like that one day of the year when i just go out and forget the laws <laughs> can we um review the purge in like kind of halloween time this year we sure can we can get some masks. Yes. <laughs> Back on track. So four brutal scenes. One scene that always stands out to me is when the one of the guys has got off because he basically flipped on his uh, co-worker. Um, his co-worker. You can call it that. Um, <laughs> and, and you can just see Gerard Butler like in the distance and he's just staring Nick out. Yeah, Darby. Uh, he's a scumbag of the, the highest sorts, um, and he one hundred percent deserves the way he dies. That's when I was like, "This movie means business." Yeah, because um, he's just a, a slob, and what does he say? It's like you can't fight your fate. Mm. Just real brutal. Sorry, on you go. It just does a good job of, I think, making as you said. Although I 
changed my mind about Clive as time went on. I feel like it does a good job at making you care for the him and his family that he loses, but also um, you see a bit of Nick's background as well and that he's got a wife and kids, so it kind of humanises him a wee bit in a sense. Oh yeah, and Brenda. Brenda from the scary movies. There's another character, the well-known actor that's in this. Um, I always forget her name, which is really bad, but she's in... Well, I, I know her from How to Get Away with Murder. Viola Davis. Yes. Yes. I've seen the last season of that, yes. Oh, there was another one we forgot about when the... the... the phone call. Oh, yeah, the judge. Aye. she doesn't allow phones in court. Yeah. How ironic. Was... How ironic indeed. He was quite a horrible character, really, the judge, and then that happened. Yeah. To be fair, like, everyone that died, apart from you probably say the lawyers in the car park. Um, I would say got fitting ends. Um, quite ironic. But uh, maybe the boss as well in the cemetery. I don't think he deserved it too much, but he was trying to make a statement. He was trying to make a point and try to get Nick in up. I think he was trying to get Nick in up. What do you call it? A position of power to show him how he's going to like knock it all down kind of thing. Because Nick's a district attorney, isn't he? Yeah, and his boss. Uh, I can't remember what his boss was, but I basically when he got taken out, he was going to get sworn in, wasn't he? His, uh, his, his, uh, I can't think of the word. His successor. That's the word. Question for uh, you. I know, yes, you'll be I know you'll be biased. What's better, this or the first John Wick? It's hard to say they're both different movies. Um, action wise, John Wick. Story wise, I could probably get on this a bit, get on uh, this a bit more. It's hard. It's hard to compare them because they're two different. Like, I like the kind of. They're both all about revenge, to be fair. They are about revenge. I like the kind of. The moral standpoint of it, I like the the message. Even though it was probably terrible, wrong, terribly wrong, that like the justice systems aren't correct, and like you can do these things and still not get justice. People can just do what they want and maybe never get punished for them. So, don't think it's the right way to maybe go about changing it, though. Yeah, but you know, small statements, small statements probably don't do much. So he was just going to blow up like the whole of was it the the whole. Um, like a kind of city council kind of thing, you're just going to blow them all up and start again. So, you know, I'm I'm probably sending a lot of terrible person here, but <laughs> I, I I totally agree with Clyde uh, in this one. These are Paul's personal views, and they don't represent the views of Science Cinema. <laughs> what about you, John Mac or this? It's kind of different for me because I've only just seen John Wick for the first time, whereas I've got kind of history with this film in the sense of I've seen it years ago and I've always highly regarded it so I would pick this personally yeah by the way what was your rating for John Wick because you never revealed oh yeah um, I would give it hmm 
I will give it an eight. I'm coming to your house. Okay. Oh, giving yeah. you, giving I, you I a totally, slap. I totally forgot I was supposed to mention that at the start, but I know Daniel being tenor hooks right until thirty minutes in. <laughs> I'll need to put it in the promo that it's mentioned thirty-two minutes in. <laughs> Sorry, that was a another tangent, but um, yeah, I think the main things we're highlighting here is well, it is a brutal film, but there is that good message about like prison sentences and trying to make changes and I assume Clive Clyde Clyde yeah Clyde I called him, call him Clive there uh Clyde was just a pretty decent family man at the start of the film because obviously there's a 10 year um jump forward for obviously plans this intricate plan Plans this intricate plan. Hmm. Bit of duplicity. Uh, <clears throat> I can't even think of a word there. God, we're having just such a nightmare of words today. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I do like his jump towards it. And I do like this kind of plan, like just the, even the plan to get Darby into his clutches. I think it was really well thought out. And I think when the first time I watched it, I didn't realise Gerard Butler was the cop. In the car, did you know? No, I, I just I didn't really focus on it, and then I was like, "Oh, yeah, that makes sense." Even I, even I picked that one up. <laughs> and you thought uh, Pedro Pascal was two people in the same series? Yeah, it does look quite like him, and because I, he was famous for it, I just assumed he was the lead. So, what was the the most brutal kill? Do you think out of all of them? Uh. I think the steak one. State knife. State knife to the neck. Mm-hmm. I'd probably say the first one by Darby. I think I think they've all got their props, to be honest. Uh, I'm not the first one, I mean the second one, because uh, it's Ames that gets killed first, isn't it? So Darby's the second one. Like that'd be brutal. Just imagine like not being able to move and just feeling there and, and getting bits and pieces sliced off you. That'd be awful. That was something we didn't mention. Was it was quite clever that he he filmed it, but then hid his face. So it was like he got his message and his threat across, but there was no proof that he actually did it. Yeah, and Jamie Fox was so enraged by it because um, as we kids seen it, didn't it? As we kids, oh, yeah. we were expecting a like a a musical play DVD together, yeah. and it was it was that. So yeah, he was kind of unfocused. He was just pure rage on a rager trying to, um, like to get Clyde. That was one of those just really uncomfortable moments where you, when your brain kind of clocked on to the fact she was about to watch that play out, you're like, oh my god, like that would, that would scare a person for life. That would. I know. If I was her, I'd be like, what has Nick ordered? <laughs> Yeah. What, what website are you uh, looking at? Uh, <laughs> oh, well. So, any final thoughts? I feel like we've covered all the main main plot points of the film. Uh, just trying to think. So, talk about some of the deaths. I really quite, I liked how 
he was always like having a, a plan, like he was kind of foreshadowing, he was always making deals for more information. And his deals led to like, he'd be like, oh, like you were saying, like he wanted the steak dinner in the bed so that he could get put into solitary, but it was also so he could find a lawyer, Ames is Darby's lawyer, that was buried somewhere. Yeah. And because Nick and the warden, I think it was, had kind of stalled on it, the lawyer died. But I really liked how he was like making deals and he was always one step ahead. Something that we hadn't touched on is just when you were talking about the deals, like when he wants the particular bed, or was it a particular mattress? I think it was a mattress, yeah, because he's like, oh, I can't sleep on that mattress. I need a, a duction with the, was it like goose feathers or something or something feathers? Despite the serious subject matter, it was quite humorous when he was getting brought all these things into the the prison. Yeah, and and then, really happy about himself. Yeah, and what did the warden say? It's like, um, it's the have nots that I'd worry about. I, I wouldn't want to be the one have or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah, that's definitely a shanking in the in the shower room for that bed. <laughs> Oh well. Uh, so yeah, will that will that do us then for this one? Yeah, I think so. Shorter than a normal. Is that sorry? A wee bit shorter than some of our recent entries. Yeah, it's hard just because it does kind of move at a blustering, blustering pace. Like he gets, it like he does clean house quite a bit. A lot, a lot of kills in a short, short space of time. Uh. I'm just, just, I don't know. I still get a wee bit kind of like, he shouldn't, he shouldn't have been caught the way he got caught. Because uh, like the, the lawyers bent the rules to, uh, to find out the information to see where his properties were and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like they had a guy from the Department of Defense who was like a whistleblower that gave away like who he was really. Like he was like a, a think tank or something, wasn't he? Like a, a brain that, uh, they used so that it could assassinate people in like creative ways. Like he created bow ties that strangled people and stuff. Mm. It was it was cool to see the planning stage in terms of that he bought all the properties, which when you see the end of the film obviously connects to all the, the tunnels and how he got to all the different locations. Mm. And like you were saying, he had all the costumes and stuff and he had been posing as a janitor at the, <laughs> I can't remember what it was, what building it was, but the main building where he had maybe it's town hall or something. Um, City hall or something. City hall, yeah. And uh, he'd been working there doing a cover story and stuff. And it was a, it was called uh, Nomos, and I think that is like Greek for law, and that's what his like cleaning form was called, Nomos. Mm-hmm. So just a fun wee Easter egg, and a wee bit of trivia as well. I heard that, or oh, read actually that. Um, Gerard Butler was meant to play Nick originally. All right. And he got switched about at the last minute. He was meant, he played Clyde and Jamie Foxx played Nick, but I don't understand. I don't know the kind of full story behind it. I just read it somewhere. So who was supposed to play uh, Clyde? I don't think they had somebody for that yet. I think it was just Gerard Butler's original meant to play Nick. And then Jamie Foxx got Nick 
and then they offered it to Jerry Butler because I think they thought he'd play a better Clyde than whoever they had in mind. I think it worked out for the best anyway. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. This one of his, the scores. It's one of Jared Butler's better films, I'd say. Uh, yeah, I've not really seen him in a lot of things, to be honest. Uh, this is like the I've never seen three hundred. Have you not? No. Oh man, wait till you see that. I know that this is Sparta. I know the. Go the on, give your, your best. This is Sparta. No, people sleeping in this house. Oh, okay, next time, next time. <laughs> um, yes, so yes, Sparta. That's very good, pal. But uh, we we don't think we sound Scottish, but I reckon to all our American listeners, we do. Oh, <laughs> say we sound very Scottish. Well, I don't, don't feel like. You know, you you just know your own voice. To me, it doesn't sound. Yeah, I still find it weird with a podcast. Like, see in real life, I think I speak like really, really fast. Like sometimes, <laughs> inaudibly fast. And then when I'm on the podcast, I'm like, so yeah, Gerard Butler, mm, movie, mm, yes, yes. Right. On that note, that's the review finished. Paul, there's your cue, and we said at the end we would talk about we talked about movies and. Um, TV shows earlier, talk about some other things. So it could be podcasts we'll listen to, audiobooks, any books we're reading, that kind of thing. Are you not giving the movie a rating? I will give the movie a rating. I'm going to give the movie the rating of... I'm going to give it a 10. I, I don't see the feelings hold in the, it. Hold that bone. You gave John back an 8. You're giving us a 10. I've already explained to you, I don't have like the personal connection with John Wick that you have right now. But I've always highly regarded this film and I don't see any glaring weaknesses in it. So yeah, I'm going 10. Yeah, if anyone's looking for a co-host, I'm sticking my resume in. Well, what are you? What are you giving it then? I would give it a, a nine. But just so based you- on the fact that uh, I still empathise with Clyde and I thought it got done dirty in the end, and I wasn't happy. wasn't happy with it. I would like to. I would like to see an alternate ending where he gets away with it, blows up City Hall, and the American justice system changes forever. So, if there is an alternate ending, then you would give it a higher score, ten. Oh yeah, I'd get eleven. Eleven out of ten. There you go. So you can't criticize me too much for giving it a ten in the first place. <laughs> so yeah, podcasts, audiobooks, books. What have you been reading slash listening to then? Uh, reading nothing because I don't have time for reading. Uh, today, when I was working, I was listening to What's the Script, a good Scottish podcast. Uh, they are hilarious. And they did uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And I think the podcast was like two hours long, just kind of like reading through the script and just going on their thoughts through it. They kind of do what we used to do, like do it beat for beat, but they do it like proper beat for beat, like every scene. And they well. they, oh, they're so funny. They're so funny. Um, it was a proper epic, but it was really good. Um, I've just been listening to Stew World Order, Stew World Order, can you speak? Um, and they were doing Kick Ass 2. With, uh, I think it was a, well, a podcast, Hint of Fiction, I think it was. Uh, so I've just kind of started listening to that. 
Um, and God, I listen to so many podcasts, and I can't remember who 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 I've been listening to. Um, well, you do your, you do your PKs weekly picks, don't you? I do, I do. So they get through a bit more. Usually, listen to them on a Saturday when I'm driving. We Norman to his hydrotherapy. We dog. So, uh, yeah, that's the probably the main two I've been listening to this week. Oh, Action Movie Book Club as well. Hans, Hans and his co-host there. They're done Predator Two, and I love Predator Two. Like they like review all the action movies. Like I absolutely love. So, Predator Two. Predator Two. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so they're they're really good and. Like probably ninety five percent of the movies that they review, I've watched and I love. So, yeah, they're one of my my favorites. So oh, and Moisture Farm Report season four episode one is out, and they were I've doing it on. I've not listened to it. Yeah, I need to get on it. It's really good. It's like the Empire's version of the Bad Batch, uh, called the Scar Squad, um, and I think this came after the Bad Batch. I think I'm not. Yeah, I think the Bad Batch was written first, and then this came second. But there's like seven of them, and it's quite interesting because they talk about the main kind of the leader. It's like their hunter. It's like Sergeant Creel. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. You should watch it. You should listen to it because it's really good. Cool. Uh, I'd also like to give just give a wee shout out to John Wesley, who we had on for the John Wick review, just for being a really cool guy and coming on last week. Oh yeah, I love John. He's brilliant. Uh, he's just so chill and just. So fascinating. Uh, I really do need to listen to more. I just wish I, I wish I read more books and I could listen to this podcast more because, like, mm-hmm. you, you probably get better at it. You're probably better at it than I am, but I'm just I just don't read that many books to, just need to follow to what he's talking about. Put a book on your bedside table, and then when you finish a book, put another one down straight away. That's the two techniques I use to read. I can't. My PlayStation's at the bedside table. Okay. <laughs> um, also want to give a big shout out and congratulations to our good friends uh, Kenny Guffey and uh, the main man Jake C. Young yeah Jake C. Young and I thought, I thought you forgot his name there just such a big pause no I was, I was leaving you <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> I, was, I was letting you do it uh, we obviously reviewed their new movie A Night of the Undead well say new it's been out in the cinema in the US but it's now available on Blu-ray and it's also on Amazon Prime as well so make sure you check it out and buy it and support the guys yeah definitely you won't you won't be disappointed we almost forgot about that um, in terms of what I've watched and I need to get better I must admit it. Um, what, listen to the podcasts in terms of the guys we interact with but there's a few uh, podcasts I've started listening to um just to give a bit of background to it, me and Elena started watching Dragon's Den every Friday night. We record it on Thursday. And um, are you familiar with um, Stephen Bartlett? I don't know if you watch Dragon's Den, but or have uh, Stephen it. Bartlett, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does the podcast. It's like um, the diary, it of the, diary of a CEO. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he does yeah, like I, he does like weird ones. Like um, he did one with David Moyes. I'm pretty sure recently. I I've checked out a couple of those. Um, I think was it. What were the ones I listened to again? I'm kind of like mixing up with another one because um, from there I ended up because he was on another one called and Chris recommended this as well actually the the high performance podcast right 
It's a guy called Jake Pumphreys. Jake Humphreys. Jake uh, Humphreys. He's, he's, oh, is he, 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 is he out of sports? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've watched his. So he's got one with like Rio Ferdinand. He's got one with like Steven Gerrard. But there's other ones. I've listened to one with uh, like Johnny Wilkinson. Like interviews a lot of like sports people, uh, but also like kind of entertainers and things like that as well. So those are two that I'd recommend. And from there, their sponsor, so the High Performance Podcast sponsor, um, is a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And I downloaded it on Audible because I've got an Audible. Um, I get a credit per month, so I had a couple of credits. And it's a really good book to listen to. It's got like just like loads of like wee small life hacks, like really small things you can implement, wee strategies that make you like more productive, kind of happier, etc. And I've really enjoyed listening to it. Um, there's actually a lot of things I already do, but there's other wee, other wee things I picked up as well. It's just like wee simple things, like you're the two minute rule. Uh, is that when you drop food in the floor? No, <laughs> yeah, that there's that as well. But um, like name something you've always. You want to do, but just don't have time to do. I haven't done. Uh, Captain Scotland at a World Cup. Right. So, for example, before you could get to that stage, you could lay out your Scotland top and your armband on your bed the night before you go to sleep. And it's all just about putting yourself in the mindset. So, like coming home from work and putting on your exercise gear, or laying out the ingredients for a meal in advance of making it it's just like it's, it's all really simple things but it's things that when you actually do it it actually makes a difference we'll see if, see if you lay the ingredients out um before you make a meal this guy obviously doesn't have a dog <laughs> anyway you're gonna atomic habits it's really atomic habits. okay and oh, i was also listening to ben foster's podcast oh yeah i used to listen to that all the time I was listening to recently on there. It was like team of the year so far, but and your pal tubes, your pal tubes is on it. Quite a lot. I well I had this guy. I think Mark Goldbridge. He's my United. <clears throat> and uh, Jesus, they're so biased, man. He was having like Varane and over like Saliba and all that, and it was mostly my United in uh, Newcastle, and it was like no Arsenal mm. players. I've not anyway. really been checking it out as much. I what I used to watch it religiously. Um... So I, I do need to get back into some of my my football podcasts a bit more. Mm. But the time is money. So future episodes, I thought it'd be good just to share what we've got coming up. So next week we're going to, something I've been wanting to rewatch and watched in years, is we're going to do a review of Titanic uh, to celebrate its 25th, the movie's uh, 25th anniversary. Not the Titanic's 25th anniversary, but the <laughs> movie. Um, and then uh, we're get, thinking get of, the tissues ready. Get the tissues ready. And we're thinking of doing, Kate <laughs> and, then, and we're thinking of doing an Ant Man one and two review ahead of the new Ant Man film. Um, a Mandalorian review and season three preview. Something Paul's not seen. Creed one and two review. Mm-hmm. A bit of screen. Be a bit more John Wick. Will be an episode of Jaws, maybe featuring uh, Mrs. Mama Kelly, and and then a wee bit of Bad Batch season two. So that's the kind of plan for February and March in terms. So if anyone listening uh, wants to give us their review or views on those films or the Easter eggs, or is keen to come on and discuss them with us, then please um, hit us up in the comments or private messages on Twitter. 
yeah, quite looking forward to the. This is the first time we've probably been planned for a, a wee while, so it's good to have a clear, a clear lookout and be able to get things organised and get things watched. That's not true, Paul. I've always got an outline for the month because otherwise, how would we know what we're doing each week? Cool. Usually, we just kind of do not go. Yeah, we'll not do this. We'll do this instead. <laughs> uh, well, we're still. We're still churning out content so as i said at the very start um if you enjoyed um this podcast and you made it this far then please like it please share it with other people make sure you subscribe follow depending on the different platforms and help us to continue to grow our channel yep definitely we're gonna be push um i put a hang out on twitter like if we get to 100 subscribers by the end of february you know i'll get called to do some terrible forfeit so Gets to 100 and I'll think about it. <laughs> no, I may... Um, Sabotage your figures. Yes. The five <laughs> accounts that I've subscribed with, I'll need to um, get rid of them. <laughs> right, well, that's the, that's the end. I've enjoyed our new structure, in a sense, and our new background colour. It's a new bit brighter. Mm-hmm. A bit like us, a bit brighter. And you look very... You look the part with that mate, and I'm I'm so jealous actually. I need to up my equipment game. I know. I'm just hoping it's recording. I think I would just go, imagine we just went through this one. It's just not recorded anything. Nah, the red lights. The red lights are there. So okay, good. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you to anyone who listened. Thank you, Paul, as always for for joining me on this voyage, and we'll be back next week for Titanic. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And what's the what's the tagline? It's the power of fixing a corrupt justice system. Correct. It's not the power of escapism. Actually, it is the power of escapism. So I hope you enjoyed escaping with yeah. us. Yeah. Unless you're escaping into tunnels and somebody puts a bomb in your cell when you get back. Oh, you just need to know when to sign off the podcast, okay? Right, sorry. Goodbye. Goodbye.